Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Oh man, so excited today. We have a great privilege as a church family. And even though you can't be with us, you can still be with us in spirit. And I trust that you are. Trust that you are going to agree with the message today. That you're going to, even though you're in their living room, you're going to say things like, Amen! That was good. Come on. Preach it, brother, because it's not just me preaching today. My good friend, Pastor Corey Cope, his wife, Pastor Aaron Cope, are here with us from Airdrie, Alberta, Venue Church, a great thing God is doing there. And we are so privileged this morning that they were able to come and, uh, and preach. And, you know, Corey is, some people refer to him as a loose cannon, but I got to tell you, he is the cannon of conviction, right? He is, that should be your middle name. That should be your stage name, I think. Corey, the cannon of conviction, hope. Uh, cope. Cope, hope. It works all the way around. Pastor Corey, Pastor Aaron, why don't you come? Generations Church, welcome them here. Welcome them at home. We're come so on, glad Church. you guys are with us. Thanks for coming. Give us some love. Thank you, uh, Pastor Travis. This is my lovely wife, uh, uh, Aaron. We have our four daughters. They're, they're uh, at home right now worshiping online like you are. And we just want to say uh, thank you from, from Venue Church. This is what I, I told some of our people so we could be here today. I'm like, if Gen Church didn't it, Generations didn't exist, and Pastors Travis and Amy um, didn't, didn't, uh, weren't our friends in the way that they are. There was a time in our lives when, like, our marriage and our family were, like, done. And when I say done, I'm, like, the most optimistic person in the world, and we were done. And, um, and we sent a text out to some of our friends at the time, and these guys uh, got on their vehicle and drove seven hours. And, uh, but... I tell Venue Church, I'm like, look, we wouldn't have a church. You wouldn't have gotten saved and baptized. And everything that, that we do at Venue and Airdrie, man, has to do with uh, Generations Church. And we just, we love your pastor so much. And uh, I would totally, my wife threatens to leave Venue Church every month because she works for me. Every month she's like, I'm going to move up north and I'm going to go to Generations Church. I want, a, I want a good pastor. I want pastors who love me. Right? And so anyways, is there anything you'd like to say? These guys are quality people. They are amazing pastors, leaders, friends, but they have such vision for your city, such hope, and um, such big dreams that it's going to take a mighty God and a great team of people to fulfill. So thank you for being a part of it with them because we believe 100% in them because they, we've seen them fight the battles. Yeah, you guys need to pray for your pastors. Come on. You can, I can see you at home right now. You better be clapping. Travis said he has, uh, Pastor Travis says he's got cameras in your homes, so we know. Um, today's sermon is going to be one of those sermons uh, that uh, happen a lot of the time where you think, that, um, you think that I'm talking directly to you. I get that a lot um, at church. Uh, I get out of there and they're like, how did you know, Pastor? You know, how did you know that was me? Did you know my situation? Have you been reading my diary? No, but the Holy Ghost has. And the Holy Spirit can, uh, for you sitting where you are and for somebody sitting in my amen corner here, the Holy Spirit can take the same sermon and apply it to your life and to your life 100% the same. And everybody feels convicted because... Um, Maybe, maybe you want to go to church where you feel comfortable. I'll tell you, you need a church that challenges you. And if you don't have a church that challenges you to grow right now, you're going to be like everybody else who's like on one side or the other of any issue, freaking out and losing their minds right now. But I'll tell you what, sometimes you just need God, your Heavenly Father, to walk into a room and be like, calm down. Oh, my goodness, calm down as if I didn't see this happening. Did, Lord, did you know about COVID? Do you guys have COVID up here? Too soon? <laughs> 
Now, I'm telling you, there's something that's divisive about this. We need the leaders in the body of Christ because the body of Christ is the only place that can command unity and command obedience. And so, you know, look, I think it's maybe it's a good thing, Canadians, that we finally realize that the government can't save us. Every other country figured that out a long time ago. I'm telling you, the government can't, healthcare can't. We need to take the pressure off of them and be like, you can't save us. And, uh, and, and what we need to understand is that only God can and only Jesus can bring a nation back together and, and fix us and heal us. But God has a plan for you right now in this time. So this sermon is called Family and Church. When family and church are working together, it's like an athlete that can't stop winning. Did anybody watch that Formula One on Netflix? Crickets. It's a thing in Airdrie, I'm telling you. Um, it's like Formula One, uh, F1 racing, and it's all about competition. There's a bit of swearing in there. I know that in, uh, in Grand Prairie, y'all don't cuss and swear and don't, you know. It's not like oil field up here or nothing. Um, I come from industry, and so it's not that bad, so watch it on mute if you have to. But there's something about family and church when it's working together. It's like a, a, a race car and a race car driver. And when you get the two of them together, there's, uh, it's, I think it's a Mercedes team where I can't even remember the guy's name right now, but he finally, I think he broke Schumacher's record this year or in the last year, whenever it was filmed. Um, I have handlers at Venue Church because I can't remember details and numbers and stuff, so I have people who keep my life together. Um, but I think it's a Mercedes team. There's always the top two or three teams, and they can't stop winning. They have the best vehicles and the best drivers, but they also have the best people whispering in their ear when to make a challenge on a turn and when to, and when to avoid an accident. And I feel like we're missing that right now. I feel like we're missing that voice of the Holy Ghost in our ears because we don't understand how it happens. It happens through the local church. Now, great, pastor wants him to preach to us about getting more involved in church. That's what we do, guys. If you haven't figured out, that's what church does. Get more involved in church. So um, we also preach about Jesus. So if you're new to the faith and you're just questioning this, like, oh, this is going to be about God, isn't it? Yeah, probably. This is church, right? So, yeah. So as long as we're, yeah, we're going to start there. Um, <laughs> now, I'm a pastor's kid, so can you give me a little bit of leeway to preach some back, back room stuff, some backstage conversations? Because whatever you're dealing with in your home right now, I have grown up, I have watched it. I have watched families and parents just like you. I've watched your decision-making. I've watched what it looks like 20 or 30 years down the road. I still love Jesus somehow. Come on, pastors, kids. I, but there's something about a family and the patterns that we make. And there's one area that I feel like the devil has worked overtime to trip us up about. And it's how church and family work together. Um, have you ever had, we got any athletes any athletes at home, just raise your hand. Your kids will believe you if they're under 12 and haven't seen you actually try anything. Um, if you, have you ever had like a, a, a rib out in your rib, in your rib cage? You ever have a rib out? And pretty soon, like, do we got any people here? Y'all, y'all men are men up in Grand Prairie, by the way. Um, have, you, have you ever experienced something like that that's out? I, I, one time I was working a Rocky Mountain house with a crew because I come from industry. I, was, I used to be a, an electrician. And I was working with a crew, and I had ribs uh, start to go on me. And so I, what I do is I, I do what Richard Cope, that's my dad, I do what he taught me to do, and that was keep your mouth shut and go back to work. <laughs> work it out. Just keep working, you know. And so I had a rib out, and, and, and I actually had a few of them out by the time it was done because that's how I am. I just kind of keep working. And I went to the chiropractor to get it fixed. And she says to me, she says, okay, but you're going to go home and, like, rest now. And I'm like, oh, this place ain't going to build itself, right? 
I'm like, no, I'm going back to work. Of course I'm going back to work. She goes, well, you just got to take it easy. And I'm like, and I said, when you say don't do anything, would like playing soccer tonight, because I had a game. It's a real sport, by the way. I've seen you say that. It's a real sport. It's the real sport. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough man sport. Where we, soccer players roll around on the ground and act like they got slapped as junior high girls. But anyways, whatever. It's political. I love it. But I had to play that night. And I'm like, so how would you feel about me playing soccer tonight? And she said, are you crazy? Don't play soccer tonight. Well, the next day at the same time, guess where I was? Back in the chiropractor place. She's like, you played soccer? I'm like, well, yeah, well, I said I was going to. And, uh, and I did. I did my ribs again. And, you know, I'm in there and I'm hunched over and I'm trying to breathe, but I can't. You know, everything is difficult. I can't move. I can't. Everything is, you know, you're, you pinch a nerve. You ever have that? Um, or, or it's okay when you're walking, and when life is okay in Canada, listen, it's okay. Your family can get away with a lot. So you, you can start sending your family up where the local church doesn't have the place in it that God wants you, it to have in your family because you don't understand how it's going to work, and the devil tricks you, and I'm going to show you how he does that. But, um, but when you understand that it's like having a rib out. When you're out of place and your family's out of place in the local church, I'm just going to show you that the devil is working overtime with this. Um, uh, I've done my ankles like maybe 10 or 12 times each because I'm an athlete. Yeah. Come on, I gave you guys five bucks to be here and say it in the mic. Um, but I'll tell you, when, when your ankle, when you do your ankle, you can't do what you normally do. You can try to power through it, but, you, you know, you're at 50% of what you can do. And so I, I want to set something. We're going to set some bones in a place. We're going to put some ribs back in today, if we can, talking about family and local church. You ready? Come on, you ready to go? Listen, when something is out of alignment, it's better to just stop and fix it. Or you can try to work through it. But I think that the Holy Spirit sometimes, and God, our Heavenly Father, is like, guys, work smarter, not harder. Like, let's get the thing right so that you can function properly and so that you can get your breathing back. And, um, now, the devil tries to get your family out of alignment with your church. The first thing he'll do is, okay, Tyson, the first thing he's going to do to Tyson, who's sitting socially distanced right now in a less than 15 people prayer corner, I'm just letting you know. The first thing that the devil will do to Tyson is he'll try to get him isolated from something in the church so that he can get his family isolated. So parents, this is a a huge deal. This will happen to you. Um, He'll try to get uh, Tyson isolated. And being a pastor's kid, I find that most of the time uh, it has to happen around failure you got something that's not working in your life or you're, you're doing this, uh, you know, you're doing like love and respect or whatever in, in small groups and you're finding that your marriage is not full of love and respect. Or you react poorly to correction. So there's a, an element of failure in there that, that Tyson doesn't respond properly to something. And then the devil tries to get into to him in between him and his local church or him and his group, small group leader or him and his team leader or him and his pastor, whatever that looks like. He tries to get in there and sow a seed of discontent and a seed of offense in there. And, and Tyson will have a choice, and you and I will have a choice. And I've seen this. I've had to deal with this in my own life. My dad was my pastor, so weird. Super weird. Like, when is he my dad? When is he my pastor? So I had to deal with this so much in my life. And the temptation when something goes wrong is to kick your chair back from the table instead of leaning in. And so if Tyson can lean in, he won't let this happen to him. But the next thing that happens is that Tyson is talking to Danita, and Danita has to be on his team because they're married. <laughs> How does he know? Did, they, did Pastor Amy tell us about, tell him about us? People are people. 
and I got to deal with the same stuff. That's why I can preach it. And in fact, every time that every time that Pastor Travis or Amy preach a sermon to you, God preaches it to them. Does this horrible thing where he hurts our feelings during the week? Because that's the only way for him to change you is to hurt your feelings and tell you that you don't know what you think that you know. And the thing that is keeping you from understanding the role of the local church and your family and getting your family to the next place is what you already think you know. Look, every two-year-old child knows what love is, most of, a, most of them. But when they're 12, love looks different. Come on, don't shut me down. When they're 12, it looks different. And when they're 22 and when they're what I know about love now in marriage and what it takes is way more than when we got married. I'm like, hey, we got a favorite song. Now when people tell me that, I just throw up in my mouth a bit. I'm just like, got a favorite. I was like, Pastor Aaron, fix these fools. They don't know. No, but it looks different. And so you got to dig down underneath the other things so you can grow and mature in how this is all supposed to work together. The Bible says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desires. So what he's trying to do is get Tyson isolated so that he talks to Danita so that they have to be on the same team. Of course his kids got to believe him because they want to eat and live indoors. And the devil's trying to get him out. This is what happens. You ready? You are no threat to the devil, isolated from church. Just a mild occasional annoyance, but nothing you can't live with. You are no threat to the devil isolated from church. You're just, a, uh, you're just a, an occasional annoyance, but nothing he can't live with. So this is what the devil wants these guys to do. He wants them to go make spiritual bows and arrows and wander around in the forest. And he'll be like, hey, you're part of the army. You're, you're still fighting. So they're going to go out there, and they're going to wander around the forest with their little spiritual bows and arrows and wander around out there. And what happens is the further you get away from your church family, the further you get away. And right now you need to lean in. Look, we, we, just because we're physically distant doesn't mean we need to be socially distant. Come on. Uh, there ha- you have to be extremely intentional and understand that the devil is trying to separate you from church because church is the hope of the world. And church is the embodiment of Christ in the world. And so he's trying to get, he's trying to get their family over here wandering around with spiritual bows and arrows. And as they move away, what will happen to you, as you move away is your marriage will get a little bit better. Well, why would the devil put pressure on you if you're moving out? Your kids will start doing a little better in school. How does he know? I'm a pastor's kid. I've seen it so many times. Listen, often what you're experiencing, I've watched happen 50 times, and the 51st time is going to be the same because it's a principle that's happening. And so just let me preach a little bit. Can you give me permission to preach this a little bit? And so what happens is they start moving out, and they make spiritual bows and arrows, and they start kind of, and the devil every now and again will send a little skirmish, skirmish over there, but he'll let them win it. But if they try to move back into the army and back into the battalion and back into their spot on the wall that God wants them to be at, the pressure will ramp up and ramp up and ramp up because you're no threat to the devil out there. You're not going to take on the gates of hell by yourself. He's going to isolate you and take you whenever he wants you and just, he'll make you miserable. But for now, he'll make you a little bit happy. He'll take pressure off of your life. But as you move forward, you're going to have to fight for it. And so what I see happening, here's the deal. You need to get in the army because armies have tech. They have rockets. They have people whispering in their ears where the enemy is. And the devil's trying to separate you. Come on, generation. They're trying to separate, the devil's trying to separate you from your race car. And of course the pressure's going to get, you're not going to feel the pressure of the race because you're not in the race anymore. You're moving out of here without a car. And so what happens is, he, he, as soon as you get connected, though, and as soon as you start being able to follow orders and understand how the family of God works and my family works and how it's all meant to work together, it's a powerful thing that happens. And then God starts sending rockets, and you start calling airstrikes in, and then your small group leader or somebody that you love in church is like, I was up at 2 a.m. praying for your marriage. What, were you guys having a fight? Come on. Were you guys having a fight? Well, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to. 
And this is how it works. It all works together. Now, um, you know, whenever I hear it's like, well, it's just me and Jesus. All I hear is like, it's just me and these trees. Because that's not where Jesus is, everybody. Jesus called you to the body of Christ. And the devil this time is just trying to get you out of it. Now, um, many Christians fall into the trap. I just watched this so much of choosing between church and family as if God can't blend the two perfectly. So, so I hear it like this, like, well, my family's super important to me. I don't want to get overstretched in church. Y'all didn't grow up Pentecostal. So don't, don't act like you're in church. There's 168 hours a week. Don't act like you're in church 40 hours, please. Some of y'all get to church a half an hour every two weeks. That's about the average. So don't even talk about it like that. But, but I'm, many Christians fall into the trap of choosing between church and family as if God can't blend the two perfectly. Think about it like this, as, as if God can't be an office administrator. You know, like, well, there's a conflict in my schedule. Do you honestly think that there's a conflict in God's schedule when he set up you into his family? Do you think that in his mind it's a conflict of schedules? No, it's a misunderstanding of the roles, and it's a misunderstanding of priorities. There is no conflict whatsoever. It's just in our minds. Um, that, that you will have to choose between church and family at times because God is not smart enough to organize your calendar for you. You know, like, God, you don't really know. You don't know. My pastor's asking me to do all this. My, you know, and God's like, who's asking you? I'm trying to set your family free. Work harder, not, you know, work smarter, not harder. Look, sometimes, sometimes you think, I got to so rest to get energy and to get time. You know what you have to, to reap time and to reap energy? You know what you got to sow? Time and energy. <laughs> and every time that I sow... Just give me a minute. You're, I'm going to hurt your feelings a whole lot here. Listen, if you're the one choosing between church and family, that makes you the head of the family. That makes you the head of your family. And that's a scary thought. Like, listen, like I get that parents are kind of shepherds, and I get that, you know, I'm technically in charge of my home. That gives me a lot of situations that I can screw up. But who should really be? Come on, Christ follower. Who should really be in charge of my home? Me? Oh, my goodness, no. Let's let God do his. No, there's one head of the family. There's one head of my family. In fact, the first thing I did when, when I got married is I went to, to my dad, who's my pastor, and I'm like, Pastor, anything you got to say to me at any time, do it. Permission granted. It's not going to be weird. I'm not going to be weird about it. In fact, I would consider it. You want to get good uh, correction sometimes? I would consider it. I say this to my pastors. I, I would consider it a dishonor, a disservice to me if you wouldn't correct me if you saw something. And you love me, don't you? You don't hate me. Because if, if you won't give me correction, that means you hate me. And so I say this, like, straight up. You know, I'm just the most open, like, easy. I'm strong when I'm leading, but I'll tell you, I'm like a lamb in the presence of my past. Why? Because God does something in that connection. God does something, and he gives me a rocket to fire. Um, you know, I feel like God is more like sometimes, how is spending time in my family the not, not the best time for your family time? How is taking your family to church not the best family time that you could spend? You feeling me at home? You're probably weeping on your couch right now. It's good. Let your children see you weep. You know what we say, though, because we're Canadians. You, get, you all play hockey up here. We do, we do hockey because it's good for family. Sometimes I'm like, so you take your one kid over here and spend time with somebody else's spouse in the stands, while your spouse spends time with somebody else's spouse in the stands, and your kids aren't playing with you, they're playing with other kids in other families, 
thinking family event, you spend like 14 minutes in the car and then that's it. And I'm thinking church, man, for my kids to watch me go to church and be like, dad, you gave how much to the church? I'm like, yeah, well, if it wasn't for the church, we'd have nothing. And if it wasn't for the family of God, we'd be nobody, (laughs) you know? And if it wasn't for these, we wouldn't even have a family. You'd be living with your mom and some other, come on, you'd be living like we wouldn't even be a thing, you know? Um, Now, I'm going to read a scripture to you uh, about um, your family, but you got to, it's about Paul the Apostle, and please don't argue with me when I'm reading scripture. It gets super awkward when you argue with the word of God in your head and have these little conversations like, well, we'll see if that works for my family. It's just easier if you do it sometimes. (laughs) Paul the Apostle, what would he know? He doesn't have a family. Um, Let's just say that the Holy Spirit was whispering something in his ear that's good. Now, we always often, I'm going to read about the parts of the body and the church and how it all works together. Most of the time when I read that, because we're kind of individualistic here, I'm thinking of myself, like I'm the hand in the body or the eye in the body. What if, whatever your family situation, let's call it your people, you know, you you might just live with roommates, maybe that's your family right now. Um, But like, what if you're the hand with your family? What if my kids are like fingers, not the whole hand? What, What if my family is supposed to be a part of the family, and then what if Jen Church is supposed to be the part of the body of a bigger family? What if it's this whole thing where it's not the one that God's talking about, it's like pieces of, pieces of, pieces of, and that they all work in together too. So you're thinking of like, well, me and the body of Christ, and if I, no, no, what if it's your kids and, and, and your marriage and your friends, and what if like you're supposed to make up an elbow together? You know, what if it's like that it's an interesting thought that I had. The human body, Paul says, has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. Like some of us own businesses, some of us don't. He's like just including everybody, whatever color of your skin, but it's one body. We all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now the devil, when he gets you wandering out there, it's like you become the head of that little family. You're not connected to the same spirit and the, because the spirit is able to work all these things together. And, but I'll tell you, going to church and being part of a, a body is difficult because sometimes the, the brain tells you to move so that you don't hit the iceberg that you can't see coming. And the foot's like, I'm not doing this until I can see it. A little late by the time you can see it. And you have to trust the gifts that God gives to somebody else and to maybe another family in the, in the body of Christ. We have families in venue churches that do the same thing for us. It might shock you, but sometimes I get a little bit mad at people being silly. And I have people in our, our body who I send all my communication through sometimes. Like, I may have been a little mad when I wrote that article for the newspaper. I just want you to read it so that you can revise it so that I can send it back so that I don't lose my Holy Ghost for a little bit. <laughs> or my reputation in the community. Hey, man, I need it. And, uh, and you need it, too. Yet the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it less part of the body. See, what, what the devil will do is he'll get you looking at somebody else who might sing on stage here and be like, well, you're not them, so you don't matter. What do you mean don't matter? You don't see the heart. Does the heart matter? Singing on stage like, it's okay, but if you can't sing, that's probably not going to be your gift. And we say about people like you on worship teams, like, how are they? You know, how's that bass player? Well, he loves Jesus. That means he can't play the bass in Christian speak. And we want you on stage. We're not going to turn your bass on because I'm not saying that about the bass player here. He's amazing. But I'm just saying, like, if the devil can get you thinking about somebody else and wishing you had their gift, you'll never develop your gift. And some of you don't even know your gift because you're not involved enough 
to have it developed because if God would develop your gift for you in just your family, then you would get proud and then you would go and wander in the woods with your gift. But you need a, that gift to turn into a rocket. And it can't be turned into a rocket unless you're part of the army because you're just, who, who are you going to fire it out there except for your own family eventually? Come on, preach that. How did he know? Preach it. Um, body has many different parts, not just one part. Um, down to 16. And if the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could you smell anything? This is what we don't like as Canadians. Um, just psychologically, I don't like depending on somebody else. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen eventually wandering around out there. Listen, we went to church the whole time, and, and we had some marriage issues that were going on for a long time. And I'm not, like, I'm a decently sharp guy, smart, you know, and stuff. Yeah, you're smart. Super smart. Super, super smart. You've got to count to five, and then your wife laughs instead of saying amen. Listen, but you don't know what you don't know. And... Um, and if you fall for the trap of trying to fix your family problems inside your family, just give it time. And uh, the devil will completely trap you in there. And then you're going to be the only one there holding the bag because it's not going to work out for very long. And if you try to get the whole spiritual direction for your family, it's just not going to work out very long. And um, you got to learn to appreciate other people. And uh, because I'm a certain way, I have strengths in this area. But I need people with strengths in other areas that have my, my back and my blind spot who warn me when things are sneaking up in my soul. And be like, hey, I feel like you're not really listening anymore. I feel like you're arguing more than you're listening. Yeah, yeah. if I don't get that kind of input sometimes, I get, I get, I'm super stubborn. I get going in one direction, man, and I just need it. He says, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where, where you wanted it, where he wants it. If he can align you where he wants you, then it's going to work smoothly. And the reason that it's not working smoothly is because you're not in the place he wants you yet. You're not functioning in the right way in that place, but you won't let him put you there. And so you got to let him, you got to let him anoint people to put you there and to show you what to do next. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. There are many parts, but only one body. Yeah, I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, Here's what I would say. You need to be around people in the body that rub you the wrong way sometimes because they're going to be exactly what you need one day. And sometimes people, look, I know your pastors, and if they hadn't been who they are, they wouldn't have called us out for what we were. And they could have, you know, they could have said what everybody else was saying and be like, oh, well, you know, like it's going to be okay. And why don't we just like, it was not okay. We needed a surgeon. We needed somebody who can come and lance the wound and get some of that poison out and start us on the path. And that's what God has. I mean, it's a, a beautiful house here. In fact, some of the body parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. This makes for harmony so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. All of you together. But if you isolate yourself, you're not part of that. Now, how does this work? Do you guys like illustrations? In Grand Prairie, you seem a very practical bunch. Let me explain it to you this way. The Holy Spirit showed it to me this way some years ago. And, um, and see, your life is like a wheel. And um, so there's a wheel and there's a rim and there's the rubber on the rim. And let's say that the rubber on the wheel is like um, where the rubber meets the road. Did you like that? <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of that. I threw that out there. Actually, I wrote it down a couple of days ago and I wrote that down. I don't know why I lied there. I just felt like. 
So anyways, where the rubber meets the road, and we say this at Venue, you're only on this earth to, to do two things, connect with God and connect with people. And if you don't have that, and that's right now is what's suffering right now, is we're not connecting well with either. Um, connecting with God and people. The more of that surface area of that tire that is on the road and the connection, you know, if it bumps off of there, your life starts getting out of, out of kilter. And then the rims or the ribs, or, or not the rims, the spokes, right? Is that what I'm thinking? The spokes start getting a little bit out of kilter. And then, see, the devil wants to oblong that wheel. So that you start going like this and, and a wheel that starts going like this and, and starts bouncing down the road is not connecting much anymore. There's a bit of adrenaline for a bit because it's kind of wild. It starts going like this. But you can't keep a, an oblong wheel pointed in the direction of its destiny for very long. Yeah. Because all of your time is going to be spent trying to keep the wheel on the ground. And so I'm thinking, what sits at the center of that, of that wheel? Um, can I suggest something to you? That the devil doesn't care what sits at the center of that wheel as, as, long, as, it's, as long as the hub is not the local church. He doesn't even care. Hockey, he doesn't care. Uh, you, dad? Sure. You can sit at the center of that thing. Um, how about having a child-centric home where the kids make, you know, are in charge of everything? I have some friends who are like, well... You know, it's a blended family, and they're like, well, we need to move into a house. And they were asking that nine-year-old, what do you want in a house? And I'm thinking, the questions I was asked when I was nine was like, do you feel like obeying your mother, or would you like to move to Mexico? <laughs> your decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the devil doesn't care who's in there. Right. You know what? He'd be quite happy if you put your family in the middle. But my family is not supposed to sit in the middle of our lives. If my family is about my family... Oh, the, just give it time. And then what happens is the spokes of like, here's the time I need to spend at work. And then the devil would love the, the church to be one of the spokes that comes up every week. Maybe. If you got enough surface area and you're not doing something else that you actually want to do. Some of you don't like going to church because you don't go to church. That's profound. Some of you don't like people because you don't see people. It's, it's, it's easy for me to go back and be like, I really hate that Tyson after about three months because I don't have to talk to him. But when I talk to him, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> you know? And this is what happens sometimes. People come, can I give you a little backroom conversation as a pastor? This is what happens. Sometimes, sometimes people come to me and they're talking to me, but they're not really talking to me. They're talking to a construct of a pastor in their head that's real dumb. And they've had an argument with that pastor about 50 times and they've won every single one of them. But then they talk to me and I'm like, who are you talking to? Because sometimes I have things to say. And sometimes I might know more than you know about that situation. And you come in with 2% of the situation. I might have 90% of the situation. You think that I don't know because you've been having this weird conversation with somebody who's not me in there. But this intentionality, I can't, I, I love people that I'm around. That's why you tell your kids hang around the right people because they'll start loving the wrong people if they're around the. So, um, so think about it like this. The church should sit uh, uh, central. It used to. In nations, the church used to sit in the center of the community, and whether it's physically in the center, it used to be the hub where everybody came to for moral adjustment, for chiropractic work. Every time I go to our own worship service, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I don't know how God's going to crack my back and get my neck straightened out. But every single time I come out of there, I'm like, oh, that feels better. Like, oh, I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. I didn't know that. You know, I, I couldn't do that. And God uses somebody else's gift to fix me up. And, and so 
What if the church was supposed to sit at the center of a nation instead of the government trying to run it or Alberta Health trying to tell us what love and hate now look like? And, and it gets scary because the whole separation of church and state, it's great until the, church, until the state becomes the church, but they can't do it, and they're trying to operate in this. Only God can create this thing where he's like, no, no, that's not what love and hate is. That's what love and hate. That's what, and he can, in the body of Christ, command you like, hey, you get along with you, and I don't care what color your skin is. Get along. And uh, the church, it was supposed to sit in the center. Now, um, please don't bend my ears back. I hear this all the time. I'm a pastor. I was a pastor's kid, you know. Don't bend my ears back with how much you love your family if you're not aligned in the church the way that God wants you. Because A, it's not true. If you loved your family, you would be doing what's best for your family. And if the, what's best for your family is the family of God, which God said it was, then you can argue with the head of the family or you can be, try to become the only head of the family, but things are going to get weird. And then you're going to be left holding the bag of something that you're not going to like. And, 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 um, and you know what I love about the church is that my kids are all in youth group, except for the youngest one. We play this huge game in church. It's like, oh, you're too young to be in youth. Oh, but dad, can you just make an exception? No. And by the time they get to youth age, they will never miss a youth event again. That's right. Come on. You know why? Because I need them there because when they're not getting along with me when they're teenagers, because this might be a shock if your kids are young and they think that you're God Almighty and you're not. When they're teenagers, they won't think that anymore. Right. But they'll think that their youth leaders are. Yeah. <laughs> not God Almighty, but they'll be like, oh, my youth leader just blew my mind today. And you're like, I've been telling you that for a... Yeah. <laughs> Stupid kids. You know what I mean? Like, for reals, I've been... Who cares where they get it if they get it? You know, it keeps that. You need the other gifts in the body. Yeah, come on. Now, um, listen, here's a, a huge thing that I'm going to say. I, I'm going to close up real quick here. Don't try to pastor your kids if you're not a pastor. Yeah. I hear this all the time. Well, you know, I'm really a shepherd of my home. And I'm like, no, you're a king and a priest unto God. That doesn't make you the king and priest of your home. That's a huge difference there. They're, they're my, my generation was raised to this really weird idea that was not scriptural and biblical. I'm like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. Nobody's their own pastor. I'm not. I got a pastor. I'm not my own pastor. Am I my kid's pastor? Yeah, it's a little bit weird in our home because I'm actually their pastor for now. But the idea, don't try to pastor your kids if you're not their pastor because God will give something to your pastors for you that he won't give to you. That was a huge shock to me when I was like 21 when God broke me and showed me like, hey, I gave it to, I gave it to your pastor who's my dad. I gave it to, to him and if you won't go to him, you won't get it. Wow. I'm like, well, I don't like to lose. And God's like, you're losing. And I'm like, I can do that. I just fix something in my head. And then I realized, oh, that's great. God will give something to your small group leader. He won't give to you. So then you learn to depend on each other. You learn to love each other. And you learn to appreciate the other parts of the body. I'm so glad you're here. If you weren't here, I wouldn't be here. You know, I think that, that what we have to get back to is the wonder of local church. And you got to work at wonder in your marriage, man. You gotta, I know what you, when you look at your wife, you're like, my goodness, she cannot cook. But, man, she does some other stuff that's real good. So eat out more. Come on. You, know, you just got to get some of the wonder back and be like, hey, man, at least this is working right. Um, there's so much I could do. I'm going to just cut down to the end of this here. I just feel like the, the Holy Spirit put, a, as we were worshiping, put a word in my spirit. And the word is evaluate. You got to stop evaluating the local church. When I worship in my own local church, I turn off the evaluating part of my brain and turn on the wonder part of my brain because you cannot evaluate and worship at the same time. You cannot evaluate and hear the word of God being preached at the same time because that makes you God. No, I come to worship, and I, as I worship, it is, the, it is the worship that is evaluating me. 
It is the word that is, as I'm preaching this, it is evaluating me. I'm not evaluating it. I'm just executing it. I'm just like, oh, that's what you want, God? Oh, my. That's where the struggle is. It's a power struggle between you and the Holy Spirit and the way he wants it. And when I gave up that power struggle, because you have never met a stronger-willed, crazier, insane maniac than I was when I was a kid. Don't tell me what to do and don't tell me what to think. That's my personality types right there. And the Holy Spirit's like, I need to tell you what to do and what to think so that you stop spinning your wheels with all, evaluate what's underneath you, sure. But don't come into the house of God and start evaluating. You need to get back that wonder of that. Come on, say amen, generations. Now, nobody sees more mistakes in the church than I do, but I don't come and evaluate the church. I come and let the Holy Spirit evaluate me when I'm at church and tell me how to fit better in with it. Now, Father, I just pray right now for everybody who can hear my voice. I pray that you would restore to us the wonder of the church and and sometimes, Father, what we need to say is like, hey, I've been out of, I've been out of alignment. Um, and I can say that as a, I get out of alignment with my own church sometimes, my own people. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that we'd all have the humility just to be like, hey, if it's not working, it's not working. Who cares who puts the ribs back in place, Father? I just pray that you would cause the oil of, uh, oil of joy and gladness to come once again, that we would realize that the lifeblood of our family is the local church. There was never supposed to, if the church sits in the center of, of then, then our children and we have anointing oil in our marriages and in our friendships and you just work everything out and keep all the spokes properly aligned and keep the rubber on the road, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name that if something is out in our hearts that we would repent to you, God. You're the head of the house. You get everything that you want here. And I pray, Father, that, that I would as a father, even in my own home, just give the headship of the house to you and be a steward and go back to serving and being like, hey, any way that you want it with my daughters, any way you want it with my family, my finances, and anything that you want, God, we give it to you, Lord. Come on up, worship team. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would, you would set things right, that you would kind of put everything back in place where it needs to be right now in a person's life in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, can I just say one thing? The Bible says, hey, if, you're, if you come with a gift for the altar and you need to fix something, the Bible says, hey, just make it right. And so if you need to do that right now, can I go off the screen a little bit here? Thank you, Pastor Trav. Just send a text to somebody and be like, hey, uh, I just need to make sure that you know that I love you and that I am here and that I am with you. And I think that's just, just something that you can do that uh, God would really uh, honor you and your family and your relationships if you would do that. All right, did I say that, did I take long enough so that you guys have enough time to set up? Come on. All right, what are we singing? Beautiful. We are going to sing one more song together. You know, it's what we do at church, and, and as we get technologically better, we love to be able to continue worship, and so why don't you do that with us? Let's say thanks to Pastor Corey for being with us today and articulating so well. I, church family, I just, I wish... Part of me wishes you could see the texts, the emails, the comments, the things that I know are happening in our church. And, you know, this morning, if some part of this message hits you right between the eyes, you need to re- remember this, that it's the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you. There is no agenda on this team other than what God wants for your life. And uh, if you feel convicted, if you feel like you need to change something, don't be offended by the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God in your life. Accept it, adopt it, move in it. Because if he has the grace to confront something that's out of alignment in your life, you have to know that he has the grace and provision to walk you through the restoration of that thing. And you are going to miss out on all of it. Pastor Corey, thank you so for articulating so well. So many things that, uh, that, that are hard to cover. I just feel like, I feel like God had your ear and that you delivered a fresh word that is so in season for our church.
Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.